Hello, everybody. Welcome to another Tech Doctor podcast. This is Robert, one of the three tech doctors. As always, hello, Allison. How are you on this fine day? I am doing well. I'm looking forward to learning from you guys because I've started a new job today, so I could not shirk and listen to the keynote in the background like I normally would. Well, congrats so on the new excited. job. That's, oh, thank you. That's very exciting. And we also have, of course, with us, Dr. Woodbridge. And Dr. Woodbridge, I do have a question for you. Hmm. I know you are a very big fan of the nursery rhymes, like the little worm wriggling on his belly to try indeed, to get him to yes. watch the telly, something like indeed. that. Indeed, yes, indeed, yes. <laughs> yes. So have you ever heard the nursery rhyme, rub-a-dub-dub, three men in a tub? Oh, of course I have. All right. Well, I, I, today is your lucky day because we are going to rub a dub dub. Oh, <laughs> hang on. <laughs> <sighs> Isn't that Let exciting? Now. That was so bad, it was good. <laughs> it was. Oh, dear. Hang on. Yeah. I think that also deserves that. Hang on. You're right. I deserved it. I'll 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 leave it in. It, it was earned. We are here to discuss the June 2021 WWDC event, which we will refer to as the Dub Dub keynote from here on out. And it was a very exciting one, in my opinion. I'm very much looking forward to talking about it. So if you guys are ready, we will just dive right in and Allison ask us questions as we go along. If I will. If we're being unclear. All right. So, uh, David, as I can best recall, it began with uh, some developers pretending to make a little movie about uh, what what this dub-dub thing is all about. And they argued about the colors that should be in the film and all this kind of stuff. Uh, hmm. Sort of a creative way to start out, huh? Look, it was. And my, my reaction to that sort of stuff is typical bloody United States people because they always have to try and be funny, which they which I actually didn't find it funny at all. Actually, I found it really irritating. But that's probably because I'm an Australian. Um, but look, it, it was fun. And look, as usual, we should also point out the fact that yet again, uh, Apple is the only one that still does the audio description. Microsoft mm -hmm. hasn't done it. Uh, Samsung hasn't done it. Google hasn't done it. And really, there's no excuse because everybody's yep. doing video type stuff these days. So I just think it's just lovely that, you know, Apple still holds the bar, the bar extremely high. And sadly, other places haven't caught up with it yet. Yeah. And the audio description is just incredible. It mm. was even before the, the presentation started, they were describing all the emojis that were coming up. It was lovely, wasn't it? It was brilliant. Yeah, that no, was lovely. It was very, very good. So as usual, Tim uh, Cook came on the stage and welcomed everyone and talked a little bit about how remarkable it was that a virtual dub-dub could be so inclusive. And I, that is a pretty cool thing about doing it virtually is so many more people can take advantage of it. And he also talked about the fact that Apple has got several initiatives going on where they're <laughs> trying to bring technology uh, opportunities to people who are underserved. And so, you know, that's kind of a, a cool thing, cool way to begin a dub-dub. But then we jumped right into uh, Craig Federici talking about uh, iOS 
and no big surprise, it's going to be called iOS 15, and the new features are pretty exciting. A lot of them started out with some new FaceTime features, and uh, spatial audio is coming to FaceTime, Mm. and so it's going to be a situation where, at least if it works like they described it, it, it's going to make the FaceTime audio much more like you're actually in the room with people. And so I think that's going to really be great. There's also a new noise isolation feature that you can use, which completely cut the sound of a leaf blower out in the background. I could have used that a few weeks ago on this podcast. (laughs) And there's a new uh, wideband spectrum audio feature that you can implement that'll, that'll give your microphone a lot more a lot Mm. wider spectrum if if you need that and there are a lot of new things that are coming that allow you to do things that you can do on zoom like you can share a link to the facetime session so that people can what what was what was what was nice about that one robert too in particular was the fact that you could share that link out and you don't have to be on an apple product as long as you're in like your web browser you can access it from Android or Windows because it's just a hyper. Oh, Absolutely wow. Amazing. Mm. That's, that's a game changer. Yeah, and the other, the other thing I, which really stood out to me, just backing up a little bit with, with the spatial audio, I mean, the fact that you've got the people on the screen in a grid-type layout and when they're talking, you can hear people coming from sort of middle, off to the left, off to the right, far left, far right, it's almost like you're in you're going to be in sort of like you said robert a sort of a virtual room where you can literally yeah. feel like yeah you're just sitting around a table having a chat to people so i think what they've done with facetime in some ways goes beyond well it actually does go beyond what zoom actually does because i guess zoom's all about really video and audio is second whereas i think um apple's put both video and audio on the same footing and with any luck, you know, for us, uh, the audio should sound great and might be a, a good way to uh, record this podcast. I can't wait Absolutely. to try it. Yeah, no, it's it's. Um, that was the thing I was just sitting there going, "Oh God, this is because uh, when he was saying everybody uses FaceTime, I'm going, I don't know if I can remember the last time I used FaceTime. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, hopefully, moving forward, there'll be more opportunity now and, and a lot better advantages for actually using FaceTime. Yeah, for sure. And they, they're really making it so that they've uh, come out with something called SharePlay or will be out with something called SharePlay this fall, which lets you share easily uh, th- things like, um, you know, um, movies and keep, keep them in sync so people across the world can watch a movie together, for example. Oh. And, it, you know, it, it, I'm just guessing it's likely this is all going to work really well. So a lot going on with FaceTime. Anything else, David, that jumps out at you about this whole new iteration of FaceTime? No, I think that were the main things, but the SharePlay thing was was very powerful because they spent sort of the next segment really talking all about SharePlay and the fact that you could be watching something with a group of other people completely done via basically FaceTime sharing. So it, 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 so I've got the feeling throughout this whole keynote, and it'll become more obvious as we're talking about it, is that the amount of, because what he sort of premised all this by was that is connectivity. And the amount of connectivity that the Apple universe gives you now 
as of moving forward with iOS 15 and so on is just really incredible. So, no, but I think FaceTime was the the first open door, if you like, to go in and saying, look at what we're doing now because it's been pretty amazing so far. Absolutely. And and they, they are releasing a FaceTime API so developers can add this these FaceTime capabilities to to other apps, which I, I oh, cool. think is really great. Um, hmm. uh, uh, you, you can also do screen sharing uh, over FaceTime. So they've, yep. they've, they've really taken it mm-hmm. to the next level. Uh, it, it's almost yep. too bad in a way that it, this wasn't last year, you know, when the, when the pandemic. Yeah. Exactly. That popped into my mind as well. <laughs> <laughs> so the inevitable headline is Apple kills Zoom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sherlock Zoom. Um, we, we we moved on to messages. I didn't get a whole lot out of this uh, messages section uh, in terms of exactly understanding what all is new. It looks like that there are some things that you can do um, where you can share uh, different, uh, things like if you, if someone sends you a, a message, uh, about a news article, um, mm. there's a way to easily go and read it in the news app. If you want to read it later, uh, th- there's a way to, uh, easily get to a, a playlist in Apple music. If someone s- sends you that through a message, th- things like that, a way to share photos, um, easily, any anything that I'm missing there, David, that, that you caught on to? No, but I, I did like the one about the news because I spend my almost, I feel like I spend my whole life doing research for, you know, talking tech and IC and work and blah, blah, blah. And being able to, and normally people to say, look, if you do come across anything interesting, I, I can now say, can you just iMessage it to me? And then I can, you know, activate it and bring it up in news. So, to me, that was the most interesting one because I must admit, as a blind person, I personally don't really care about sharing photos or sharing emojis. I just tend to sigh and go the other direction. But uh, no, the sharing new stuff was actually extremely interesting. So again, it sort of increases that product productivity again. I don't have to waste time going to search stuff if somebody can just say, hey, by the way, I come across this link, um, activate it with voiceover and off you go, start reading it. Pretty amazing. So I guess I don't understand because you can already share news, Apple news stories. Ah, but yeah, but that's actually, you've got to go into news to do it though. This is just somebody sending you a direct link in messages. So if you're having a chat with somebody and they can go, oh, and by the way, I just come across this link. They can just share it to you directly when you're talking. So it can be a link from Safari that they would share to you and it would open up in something, something like Yeah, I'm not totally sure about the details, but it's, okay. it's what, the, what they were basically saying is that you don't have to break what you're doing to go and do something else. It's all part of what you should be doing there and then. And then you go and choose to look at a photo or you go and choose to bring up news or you do something mm-hmm. else, but you're still messaging and talking to somebody. Um, so I, I, it was almost like, well, don't break, don't break your workflow. You should be able to do yeah. anything you like from the workflow that you're currently doing, which is just talking to somebody in iMessages. Well, it really fits with the whole theme that you mentioned, David, which is that this is all about integration mm, and, yep. and having everything flow from one app or one device to another. And that, that, that they really are highlighting that. And that's something, honestly, that Apple is unique in being able to do no other company has all their devices as interconnected in my opinion as Apple. No. 
Uh, so no, I looked at. Go ahead. Sorry, I was about to segue. You're just about to do the same thing. Um, that sort of came clear when they were talking about notifications because <clears throat> that they were talking. Hang on, let me just going to cough. I'm going to mute myself. That's better. Um, what they were talking about. Thank God for mute buttons. What they were talking about was they've extended the functionality of notifications, so you can have what's called an overview of your notifications, which is really cool. So rather than having to trawl through the whole lot of them, you can just get an overview. But they've also got this other one called focused notifications, which means only you can specify the important ones that only come through. And again, it was like, because the other sort of theme that was coming out, Robert, too, was that is not to bombard you with too much information. Okay, your smartphone, your iPhone does all these things to you, but we appreciate that there's probably a little bit too much going on. So with things like do not disturb, notifications focus, um, we're going to try and allow you to tailor make how much you can or can't get bothered during the day so you can concentrate on the important things that you want to concentrate on. Right, and you can you can do a couple different things that you that are interesting you can either have this focused notification system kind of operate using its own intelligence based on the time of day and based on how you normally use your devices, or you can set up custom focused notifications. Oh, I like that. And you can also turn on do not disturb, and that will show to people who I gather are, wanting to message you they'll be able to see in the message app that it looked like it sounded like to me that you have do not disturb on and so they'll know yep. you know that, that you're that you're not available at the moment they, they were talking a lot about how it's a real way to to set boundaries for yourself and not miss out on things but but not get overly bombarded either it, it made a lot of sense to me mm-hmm. Makes a ton exactly. of sense. Yeah, There's so much that I don't need to look at during the day that could distract me, you know. Mm. And I'd love to be able to just make that all, all go quiet, you know, during my work day, and then yeah, and they were talking about later or just exactly. They were up. talking about yeah. how they were talking about how we, you know, for example, in your work day, if you wanted to, you could set up a focus uh, system where you would only primarily get messages from your work colleagues relating to work. Then at home, you could have a focus set up mm-hmm. where you would primarily get messages that you wanted outside of work from family and friends and things like that. So it's going to be interesting to see how well That's it all cool. works in reality, but it's a, it's, it feels to me like a step forward. Yeah, I want to set one up for entertainment where if I'm reading or listening to a podcast or watching a movie, okay, maybe I want phone calls and messages to come through, but that's it, you know? So this is kind of what I've wanted for a really long time. Yeah, I think you're going to get get really what you were looking for there. That's awesome. Oh, I'm so excited. I don't know how this is good. This next piece is going to work exactly with uh, voiceover, but you're you're going to be able to tap on an image, like you were talking about how you can tap on the image of a dog, and it'll bring up information about that particular breed, things like that. So it, it's a way of just connecting you with more information about what it is you're focused on mm-hmm. at the moment. 
And it's all this is done on a device, or at least a great, great majority of it is done on a, on device, which they were highlighting mm. a couple different, a couple different places, which is really kind of a, a step forward in the sense that you're not always having to go out to the internet for information. No, that's pretty exciting. I think they were calling yeah, it live, it live text and it was, they were talking about object recognition and all that sort of really interesting stuff stuff so um, there and again you know using all the neural engine type stuff it's going to be really powerful it is indeed they are adding um memories uh if photo photo has a section called memories which bring up particular photos about an event and they're adding the ability for the iphone to automatically add music to those memories and it selects music that's appropriate that's been curated to match whatever it was happening in those particular photos. So I guess we'll see how that works. Um, moving on, there were updates to wallet, uh, weather, and maps. And uh, they've, they've added a lot of things to wallet, like you can add a, a passport for uh, Disney places. Uh, car keys can now be accessed through wallet hotel keys, starting with the Hyatt Hotel chain this fall, others signing on. And they're adding the ability to scan your your state ID or driver's license into wallet and then be able to use it from there as opposed to actually having to have the physical. Oh, nice. And uh, some, some new graphics and new animations to weather. I think some, some new features that will likely mm. give, give more forecasting information as well. Although what was interesting, Robert, was am I still imagining things or is the weather app still not available natively, <laughs> the normal one, on the iPad still? Because I don't think it's there yet still. I don't think it is. I don't no. think so. So he didn't mention that. He went, oh, it's got beautiful backgrounds and you can see sort of the whole weather chart on the screen. But he never mentioned anything about it being available on the iPad. So I thought, oh, that's a bit disappointing. No, they didn't say that it was available on the iPad. I mean, they didn't say it wasn't, but it, it hasn't been in no. the past. No. Uh, continue to update maps. They they rolled out new maps a couple of years ago and they're adding uh, several new countries to, to the to the new maps. Um, that they've doing something Australia called support. Might I add at the top of the year? Is it is 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 it there? Do you have Australian support? No, not yet. Not yet. No. End of the year though, which is good. Oh, in, in the year, okay. Mm. Um, they, they've got something called um, interactive global, where they're going to be able to give a lot more information to uh, uh about uh, important points of interest in cities uh, a lot of new information to drivers about uh, road conditions and uh crosswalks bike lanes turn lanes things like that um a lot of things in 3d now uh, and w- one of the things that i think is really great um info about transit routes including the ability for your phone to notify you when you're getting close to your stop so you know when to get off the transportation and that there was a showstopper one for me too with that part of the keynote when they said when you come out of your transit and you're not quite sure of directions you can use the camera to take a picture of a building 
the autom- and then AR, AI will work out where you are and then give you directions from where you're standing based on what you've just taken a photo of. Yeah, they were saying you just wow, can wave yes. your phone around and get get, yeah. get information about. What, wow, amazing, isn't it? that's pretty cool. That's going to come so and so handy for people who get lost easily, you know, mm-hmm. especially in a big city in unfamiliar territory. Yep, I'm going to be heading back to the office in a little bit. I don't quite know when, and it's not going to be every day. But to not mm-hmm. have to necessarily use a secondary transit app and to be able to get information. When I'm on at unfamiliar stops, that would be great. And it was funny, Robert, because right at the end of that, when he was talking about the maps, they just whacked in this one liner almost, like he was reading off a slide saying, and by the way, we've got voice search now in Safari. So it was just like a, a one-off. I thought that's really <laughs> incredibly powerful for people that want to use Safari with their voice yeah. to do a search. And I thought just to sort of like, you know, demote it to a, you know, um, by the way, this is also coming out. It's like, geez, guys, that probably deserved, deserved a little bit more airtime, you know? It's huge for accessibility. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. absolutely huge. I hadn't thought about that, but that's a great point. I wish they had spent a little mm. more time on it. We then uh, moved on to talk about the AirPods and some of the new features that they've got a, a new uh, conversation uh, boost, which allows you to hear um, in spatial audio the conversation of the person that's in front of you if you put your phone down and use it sort of as a hearing device. Yeah, it's like live I, listen. Yeah, I would like live listen, but but I, I gather it's in, in stereo or it's going to be using spatial mm. audio, which is going to give you a lot, nice. a lot better information about where the, where the person is located when they're, yeah. when they're reading you that menu or whatever it is they're doing. Um, and the, and the other the, the other thing about the AirPods, which which I finally it's like thank thank God they've also got it in there now, was the fact that um, you can actually use Find My now properly to actually find your AirPods now um, with the proximity sent the proximity thing, which tells you how far you're away from it. I thought, oh, finally, that's going to be a really handy one because it's like that. You know, you wander around your house trying to find the, the you know the Find My chirp sound. Whereas similarly to what the air tags do, being able to actually have find my give you directions on proximity to where your AirPods Pro are, and I'm assuming the Max, that's also pretty amazing type stuff as well. Yeah, and that, that yes. is so needed. I mean that that's everyone loses their AirPod their AirPods every now and then. And also if you happen to get up and walk away and you have this turned on and leave your AirPods behind it will let you know you are separating yourself from your AirPods. Indeed. So you, oh. Lovely feature. Yeah. So you don't forget them. I like this because I can't really, I never found that I could hear the chirps very well on the AirPods Pro, especially. Um, so I'm excited. Mm-hmm. And we've got spatial audio coming to TV OS. So you're going to be able to watch Apple TV with your fancy headphones and get the benefit of the special audio that you can get on your iPhone, iPod, and M1 Mac. Is it only the new Apple TV or is it all tvOS? They said Apple TV 4K. Okay, that's what I have. That's only the new one or or the one before it, I assume. I think it's the new one, I think. Yeah. It, it It could just be the new one. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I have the old Apple TV 4K. 
Yeah, I don't even have that one. I have the one before that. <laughs> Come on, Robert. Update, 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 I'm update. I'm way behind. He's right. So let's move on to iPad OS. Mm-hmm. And I, I've been seeing on Twitter so much excitement about this one. You may, may may know more about this one than I do, David. I don't I don't I'm not an iPad user at the moment. But we do have widget widgets coming to the iPad home screen. It sounded like that would be pretty helpful. Um, mm. uh, there, there's a there's going to be a new Find My widget, um, new parcel widget for tracking packages, and um, it, it sounds like that a lot of people are getting you know some things that have kind of been missing from the iPad, like the app library is now mm-hmm. going to be available on the iPad. Um, which has been on the phone for a while. And they've added some new multitasking uh, controls, which are, are, looks like you can, you can um, bring devices together from, from a menu and, sh- and have them both be on screen and multitask with them pretty easily. Any comments on any of that? I mean, like I said, I don't, I don't really, I'm not an iPad user. What to me really stood out was the um, the new multitasking function. So <clears throat> that's where not only does it have new multitasking features, but they've got this thing called, um, they said it was called shelves or shelving or something weird like that. Uh-huh. But basically what it reminded me of was like um, mission control on the Mac. So you can see all the windows open up inside an app. So you can navigate between the windows in an app. So it's not just multitasking between applications you can multitask between windows inside an app so i thought again it just brings the flexibility back to you about using the ipad so you know to me widgets i get a little bit irritated by widgets because i got very excited and they tend to sort of shove stuff off onto my other home screen so yeah i've got maybe one now which which is basically my my activity rings um the app library hardly ever use it because it's sort of parked away on page 17 of my iPhone at the moment. So <laughs> I tend to forget about it. But the multitasking function was really important. So I really think that brings it home because we won't talk about this now, but later on was talking about universal connectivity between your Mac and your iPad. That's where all this multitasking stuff will also shine quite dramatically. Oh yeah, that's going to be fantastic. I, I can't wait to, to experiment with that. Like you said, we'll, we'll we'll get to it in a bit. And one cool thing is that the uh, all of these features they pointed out that have come to to iPad OS have keyboard shortcuts. Indeed. Oh, nice. So I think it's going to make it very easy for you know a voiceover user to to take advantage of these features. Mm-hmm. The other thing about the iPad which made my ears prick up and take notice was, and I can't remember, was the Quick Notes. So any system, it's basically Quick Notes is system-wide. So no matter where you are, you can bring up Quick Notes and just jot down some notes. And to me, wasn't, Robert, there was a thing on the, the Mac a long time ago, and if it's probably still there, called Sticky Notes, where you could just basically do a quick note and you could sort of stick it onto your desktop. Yeah, um, I remember that. And they really found a world work with voiceover mm. but this sounds brilliant because a lot of the time people ring me up and they go uh david can you just ring this person's number or i get a code from whatever i'm setting up and i think oh god i'm right in the middle of something at the moment so being able to be able to quickly jot down something that you're in the middle of something just by quick notes again that's just going to be a huge productivity boost i think 
Oh, I agree. I think it's 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 really great, and that those notes will be available in the notes app if you need to go back and look at Correct. it later. But you can just you can just very quickly get get, get access to write something down. Oh, I wish they'd bring that to the phone. Then you could like assign a custom gesture to it or something. Oh, look, you know, you, <laughs> us, you peasants that use an iPhone, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Uh, one one thing that's interesting is the Quick Notes system is going to be aware of which app you're currently using, and so if, for example, you're using Safari uh, and you you you're on a page with a link that you want to make a note of, Quick Notes is going to be able to very easily copy that link for you because it knows you're in Safari. That's so, neat. And the other function that I thought was pretty amazing, um, and I think it's extended the functionality yet again of the Translate app from the iPhone to the iPad, and that's that full screen translations thing, basically where you can literally just have your iPad there and, you know, have it translating on whatever you're doing, including I think they said web pages as well. So that's going to be pretty amazing, just having that translation between English and whatever language or vice versa just being available on, on the go all the time. And it's going to be automatic. You can speak in a different language yep. and it'll translate it for you. Oh, nice. Um, the, and also what, so something that people are very excited about, at least developers are, is that uh, Swift Playgrounds is now it, it cooks so complete on the iPad that you can actually use the iPad to build uh, mm -hmm. Mac and uh, iOS apps. So you don't have to, you're not limited to just doing it on the Mac anymore. No. And the fact that you could actually do, so you can develop. And then they were also talking about uh, iCloud Xcode or Xcode iCloud, where you could share your building process of your app with other people that you're working with on it. And then directly mm. from inside that Swift Playgrounds environment, you could um, send it out to test flight so that your beta testers can also test what? it. And then you can also submit the app to the app store from within Swift Playground. So it's Xcode for iPad, essentially. Basically, I mean, yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Holy crap. My husband's yeah. going to kill me, perhaps. Because <laughs> I might no, 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 no more buying. No more buying. No, no, no. I mean, none of that. <laughs> <laughs> this is, but this is about all software. There shouldn't be any reason for you to buy any hardware unless your current hardware doesn't support the software. And besides, I'm I'm hoping your husband already knew what he was in for. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> so we move on from there to privacy. Hmm. And they talked again about privacy being a fundamental human right. And they're offering more control in, in, in such things as uh, mail. And they were talking about how in mail, a lot of the marketing emails use an invisible, use invisible pixels to track mm. you. And they, they're adding privacy protection in mail so that you, you the, uh, it's not going to be possible for that kind of tracking to take place. No, And that's interesting because that's how things like Google Analytics and that sort of stuff work. I know if you based organizations that do that exact thing. So you just think, oh, I've got an email from this charity. I'll ring up and have a read on it. <clears throat> what you don't realize is the charity is actually getting Google Analytics about your opening up and what you launch from that email, which is pretty scary when you think about it. So I think the fact that Apple is now allowing you to block that is pretty amazing. Absolutely. 
And also in Safari, your IP address is going to be hidden. There are going to be a lot of uh, people who are going to be upset about not being able to do tracking the way they're accustomed to doing it. But Apple has really taken a stance on that. And also, you're going to be able to get a very detailed yeah, report on thinking. how their apps are tracking you, what what's being shared. Go ahead, David. It was interesting where they, the, the other thing that I didn't, I didn't, that was the fact that, I suppose they just spent a little bit of it, but then they went, oh, and by the way, Siri's going to be doing a lot more onboard voice recognition processing, which is going to speed it up. And I think they must have shown a, almost like a timeline thing happened on the screen where you could just say set alarm, set timer, and I'm assuming it was on practically instantaneous because we all know that Siri takes a little bit of stuff to get doing it. So rather than mm-hmm. going Siri to server and server back to server back to the phone, it looks like Siri goes, oh, well, I can do all these requests locally, which should speed up the, uh, the whole process dramatically. Very nice. Yeah, I was really – he was just giving command after command and Siri was immediately – acting on those commands that's going to be really nice like i was saying earlier a lot more on device stuff going on then we moved on to icloud updates Mm. and they talked about two interesting things that i'm excited to see you're now going to be able to uh, set things up so that you can share a uh, code with a trusted person like a family member who can provide you with that code if you need to recover your forgotten iCloud credentials. Um, so it, it's a it's going to be a way mm. for people to to have someone safeguard you know their credentials so they can get them back if they if they have to. And likewise, there's another thing which is a legacy uh, kind of deal that they they're going to implement where you, 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 there's going to be a way for family members to access your information if it's in iCloud after you die. So, because that's been an issue for a while, people mm. have been upset they couldn't access their family members' I- information. So I'm glad to see those two things come along. More iCloud privacy stuff. No, yeah. Mm. Um, w- where you're going to be able to uh, have as many uh, G- Apple-generated email addresses um, a- as you want and then be able to, you know... Um, use those without the, 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 whoever you're using them with know what your actual email address. So they already had this, some of this, but, but they're, they've enhanced it some. And th- there's going to be, um, a, a new feature available for, uh, anyone who pays for iCloud storage. Um, th- it's going to add more, um, privacy and security kinds of stuff. And it seems like there was something else about the the new iCloud storage. Uh, do you remember what, what else I'm missing, David? I can't think of it at the moment. Yeah, I'm not sure actually, because like you, like you might've noticed, there was a, a lot of stuff happening. And I sort of, when you started talking about this iCloud plus, I, I must admit by that stage, <clears throat> my brain was starting to get slightly overloaded by the amount of information I was listening to. So, um, yeah, I know there was something about, I don't know, hide my web activity to iCloud Plus. But, yeah, but the, the bottom line is it won't cost you anymore. So if you're already paying for iCloud, the new iCloud Plus features won't cost you anymore. But, 
Yeah, I, I sort of got a little bit lost in the detail because they yeah. they were doing so streamlined about sort of sliding in from one point to the other that if you weren't paying attention 100% of the time, you think, oh, I just lost that point. All right, so we'll we'll just assume iCloud Plus. We'll just park that one, indeed. We'll park that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, health collaborating. Um, there's a lot of um, things going on with with uh, research. They had a, a couple of doctors from John Hopkins come out to Cupertino and develop uh, so, something with research kit uh, that they're calling a, a Cori app, which is all about de- helping people deal with preventing heart disease. And it looks like it's it's being quite successful. Um, a lot of a lot of things are improving in terms of being able to monitor. Uh, changes in your health. One of the more interesting ones to me is that, that you're going to be able to have your phone monitor your your gait, monitor how you mm. walk, and give you information about how steady you are, and make a prediction about how likely you are to fall based on your steadiness, based on examining examining your gait, and so. I think I think that is quite interesting, and they talk about all the metrics that they gather to to make that prediction, to make that information. Fascinating. That was pretty amazing because they were talking about your stride length, and even how long your foot stays on the ground, and and that sort of stuff. So, and you know, it's for it's not just for people that you know want to check you know how drunk they are because they're staggering all over the place after a good night out. Um, you know, my my wife has got uh, peripheral neuropathy, so depending on how she's feeling for the day, her work, walking is very unstable. And just to have a your phone basically saying, you know, in the last day or two, we've detected that you've become slightly unstable. That's a good metric to have for people that are just yeah. monitoring their health over a period of time. Um, and the other thing that really stood out for me, Robert, was the fact that, um, and I'll, this is sort of the third point. I'll, I'm jumping to it past the the health lab report one, but. Um, because I was talking to um, a doctor a couple of weeks ago because people following me on Twitter might be realizing at the moment that I'm having trouble with sleeping. And it just occurred to me, one big thing that the Apple Watch is doing, and this extends the functionality of the Apple Watch, is monitoring your health and looking at trends <clears throat> like heartbeat and that sort of stuff over a period of time. And I think that's where the Apple Watch is just going to start coming into its own because you know, the, the, the daily stuff and the weekly stuff is fine. But if you can look back and see trends happening over the last months, years, and so on, that's a really great way to keep track of your health from a really holistic point of view. Yeah, not only can you look at it, but you can also share it w- with your doctor. And they talk about that oh, it's very, nice. very private and very protected, but but it, it's it's a way for your doctor to get information about your long-term progression with your health that that a doctor would not otherwise be able to have access to unless she followed you around everywhere. (laughs) Depending if she's nice looking or not, I guess, Robert, did I I just say that? (laughs) Bad me. I think you did just say that. (laughs) And they're also adding the capability for you to be able to help out others like aging parents or children but you're going to be able to monitor uh, yes. their health yep. care oh, and nice. help them out when when you see something going on you can say hey mom really looks like your your gate is getting irregular let's try to find out what's going on here for example yeah so, and, and the other one that was important to me they said you know you can i think the lady that was talking said 
you know, if I've noticed that my mum's had a low a low heart rate event, I can just ring up and say, you know, hi mum, how are you doing? Are you feeling okay? I've just noticed that your your heartbeat's been a bit weird lately. So, um, and that's for both, you know, your aging parents and your children and that sort of stuff. So again, <clears throat> excuse me, as being able to monitor everybody's health again, is that's just just pretty pretty amazing sort of stuff. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about Watch OS. Watch OS hmm. 8. Can you believe we're already up to 8? Wow. <laughs> They've changed the name of the uh, Breathe app to Mindfulness. And oh, I didn't realize that. I thought it was the same app. I thought it was a different app. Well, I, 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 I could be wrong, but it was my impression from what I understood from what mm. they were saying that it's now going to be called mindfulness, but we'll yes, see. Yes, mindfulness. Yep. It, 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 either way, it, it's become a little more expanded. And um, so you, you, you can now track a bit more and get a bit more uh, help in being more mindful, uh, more do more, in other words, than just... Uh, practice breathe. your breathing. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. more than just breathe. Look at the nice, pretty colors on the screen and the little emojis and that sort of stuff that you can slide into a deep level of visual meditation. And, you know, talking about sleep issues, you're now going to be able to track your respiration while sleeping. Now, Robert, that wasn't referring to, um, uh, what's that condition where you actually every now and again actually stop breathing? Was it sleep apnea? Sleep apnea. Sleep apnea. Because they very carefully didn't say that. So I'm assuming they didn't want to say that because that would be a medical event. And they've always said that the upper watch is not a medical device. Yeah, they didn't say that. But clearly sleep apnea is all about respiration. So if something's going on where you're, you know, having seconds where you're not breathing, Mm. I'm assuming the app is going to let you know about that. Mm. There are two new workout types, which I'm very excited about. The first one I'm not excited about martial arts, but the second one, mm-hmm. we're not going to be able to, <laughs> uh, we're, we're now going to be able to track Pilates uh, workouts and I'm a big Pilates person. So um, I am excited about that. New stars coming to fitness plus. They didn't mention your name, Dr. Woodbridge. I thought you might be doing a, <laughs> a, a fitness plus thing, but they did mention some other stars. I, I know. I've been trying. Never mind. Okay. Um, oh, hang on. Don't you, don't you dare miss this last feature the, on the watch. Eight. It was the, the find that find, find my is coming to the Apple watch. Cause at the moment we've only got fine people which is very boring. Oh, yeah. I, I already know where my wife and the children are via the stuff, but having Find My, which includes all three tabs from your iPhone. So this is yet again, Alison, another reason why use your iPhone all the time. Uh, the Apple Watch has both, so it has people, devices, and items. So if you've got an AirTag, you can find your little AirTag connected devices. And so that's another huge change again because, you know, sometimes I won't have my iPhone on me and I'm yelling at Siri on the home pod and it doesn't respond. I think, why can't I just use my blasted Apple Watch that's on my wrist to find out where my AirTag is? Um, so that's another huge thing to do with Watch 8, that the fact that we're going to be able to use that. So again, that's another really sort of one of those continuity things that Apple keeps talking about. You can now do a lot more with messages on the Apple Watch, at least mm. if you can use Scribble, uh, which I can't do, but you know, 
um, apparently they're going to increase the the ability to interact more mm-hmm. with messages and send messaging type things to other yep. people. Um, so yeah. I think that's yeah. about all I can recall from the new watch mm. OS. Yep. No, that's, yeah. I mean, there, there was a cute little thing towards the end when, when the lady was talking about, you know, the sharing a memory of the puppy and that sort of stuff. I was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you'll, you'll, you'll enjoy that, Alison. Yeah. Um, uh, in terms of their their new new stuff coming to home, I don't know if they're actually calling it Home Kit anymore. I was a little unclear about they're, that. They're still, they're, they're still are. They said they said Smart Home, but they also mentioned Home Kit. So uh, they're gonna you're gonna be able to um, do you have a, a key lock situation where you can unlock your front door with Home Kit. You can ask Siri to play something um, f- um, f- from the Apple TV. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do share play, uh, synced, uh, synced with friends. And I think you can do, I think you can also be able to do that from the watch, but I believe that's mm. part of the home kit system yep. now. Um, and so, uh, HomePod mini is going to be able to serve as speakers for the Apple TV, the 4k. And that was for, until, until, the new one, the new iOS comes out. That was limited uh, to the home to, mm. to the large uh, HomePod, but the HomePod Mini yeah. is now going to be able to share speaker to be a speaker for the TV. Um, Siri yeah, coming. Go ahead. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, Siri comes to third-party devices. That's going to be interesting, isn't it? Yeah. What 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 did that, what did that mean? I thought I thought Siri was already. I mean, I can already use Siri with my. Uh, home thermostat, but it is HomeKit compatible. Maybe they're talking about. I don't know what they. I don't wasn't quite sure what they meant by that. No, I have a funny feeling it's probably more API support because I can't imagine. I can't imagine Siri being built into a Sonus, for example. I don't think no. Apple's going to allow that. But I, maybe it's just more extensive use of APIs. I, I, I got a bit yeah. confused by that one as well, but it sounded pretty good. Maybe so. What about Mac? OS. It's going to be called Monterey. <sighs> I love Monterey. I don't even know how to spell Monterey. What are you talking about? I, I, I had I, I had to look I had to look that up too. <laughs> At least actually it was funny because even Big said I kept going B I G space S I R. I went yeah. No mate, it's S U R. Right, right. I, I did the same thing. And yeah. Mon- Monterey's E Y. Uh, oh, okay. Which which I didn't know until I looked it up. Mm. Um, and so a, a lot of the FaceTime stuff that we mentioned earlier is uh, c- coming to the Mac, the quick notes uh, coming to, to this new version of the Mac. Um, and there's going to be a huge update to continuity called universal control. And this is what mm. you were alluding to earlier, which seems like it's going to be really fascinating where you can actually put your iPad next to your Mac and you can um, uh, drag the the cursor from one mm-hmm. machine to the other. And it so you can, you can use your Mac uh, keyboard to control your iPad or I guess yep. vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it, it, it's just, it, and it was just fascinating. He was like, you just put them next to each other and then keep dragging the cursor. And if you drag it far enough, it'll jump over onto the iPad or jump yeah. over onto the Mac, something like that. What, what do you think about that? That's going to be amazing because at the moment, as we know, if you've got a smart, <clears throat> if you've got a smart keyboard using the trackpad on your in your iPad, that is not accessible with voiceover. But I'm assuming because you're dragging from the Mac over to the iPad, so it's Mac trackpad and Mac keyboard. I'm just wondering. So rather than switching the functionality to the trackpad on the iPad, driven by iOS, that hopefully it's driven by the Mac OS, which means we may get better. Well, well, actually, we'll get proper gesture support with VoiceOver when you transfer it over. But, you know, just <clears throat> just the ability to be able to work on your Mac and go, oh, I want to finish this off on my iPad or vice versa. That's just amazing type of stuff. Yeah, it was really cool. And, and I, I'm confident it'll be quite accessible for the reason that you just mentioned. Uh, they said AirPlay is fully coming to the Mac. I mean, we've always had AirPlay, but... yeah. I guess it's going to be, uh, f- you know, a- as complete as it is on iOS. Well, for that one, they were for that one they were saying that I'm assuming something about you can play, you can AirPlay from your iPhone to your iMac, so you can just use a bigger screen. But I thought I could have sworn we could already do that already. Yeah, that's what I thought. I thought so. But but it, there must be some kind of enhancement to it that yeah. I'm not quite yeah. sure about. There are going to be shortcuts on the Mac, and I think the shortcuts are going to be really, <laughs> really exciting, really complete, and honestly, they're going to replace the automator uh, situation that has been existing on the Mac for a long time. And they're saying this is just the beginning; like they're they're just starting to work out all the options and possibilities for shortcuts. Um, we didn't talk to, they didn't talk to a bit about Safari and, um, it, it, Safari has been largely redesigned. It sounds like the, the tabs are, are working differently now mm. with, with, with a tab bar. Um, and it, it's going to be much easier to control your, what tabs you have open to, to group them into groups. Like they were talking about how if you're going to go on a vacation, you can set up a, 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 a group, a tab group that has all the information about your vacation and it'll just all be in one place. Uh, that, that, of course they transfer between the phone and, and, and the Mac and everything else, all the Apple devices. But it sounds like it's going to be interesting to see how the newly designed Safari works with voiceover. Yeah. And I still can't help feeling that as far as the, you know, the back end of Safari WebKit and how it interacts with the web, especially with, you know, web 2.0 type applications, when I've got to use a more extensive web-based application, I still can't use it with Safari. So I've got to fall back on Edge or Google Chrome. So I was sitting there thinking, look, it's all well and good to make the front end all snazzy and much more simple and tabs and tab groups and that sort of stuff. But I just wish they'd spend a little bit more time working on the background. Although I must admit when they started also then talking about extensions being more extensive, um, that was a bit more enlightening because I just think Safari compared to other web browsers, it might be faster, but I don't think it's backend stuff is, I think it's still behind what the other browsers are currently doing. 
Well, I mean, I certainly learned a lot yesterday about how is the, the reason uh, that that uh, Clean Feed, which is a, a, a podcast recording app in the cloud, it doesn't work with Safari and the Mac is because Apple doesn't support everything in Safari that they need to to produce audio in the cloud through the browser. Mm. And and you know, um, we were really kind of talking on 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 the 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 Jonathan Mosen's. Uh, podcast about how you know it would really be great for us to push on apple to bring safari up to speed with its audio capabilities so there are things that need to be done still with safari Mm -hmm. Mm, yep well they then moved on to talk a a bit about the app store and they're doing some things for developers really going to make it easier for them to advertise their apps i'm not sure exactly how i feel about that i'm I'm not crazy about all the advertising that has crept into the app store anyway i find it Mm. for me better if i know what i'm looking for just to go search for yeah um and he he did mention earlier that that uh there is there is an uh, an xcode cloud uh, s- system now, w- which is going to allow developers to to develop their apps in the cloud and share development uh, among their colleagues and do quicker testing, as you said. Um, and so, you know, it, 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 assuming that it works really well, being mm-hmm. able to to develop in the cloud, I would think would be quite an advantage for people. And I like the name X Cloud, so that's pretty cool. Yes, it does sound cool, doesn't it? Sounds like a almost sounds like a, a Star Wars thing. I'll so, just leap into my X Cloud and off I go. Yeah, off I go. It does. So I mean, uh, that's pretty much it. It, it mm. we had, we've just touched on. There's more there than we have time to delve into all the details about. But I feel like we we kind of covered basically what happened. Any any comments? Anything, David, that you want to touch on that we 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 skimmed over too much, or anything? Any other comments you have? No, but look, I, I just like I said at the beginning, it was more about connectivity, continuity. Um, you know, I think iOS is definitely growing up a, a lot more. So is i um, iPad iOS. Um, the Mac's getting a lot, as we keep saying, the the difference between iOS and macOS is getting a lot, lot you know, closer together. I think being a developers conference, people were, were hanging out for a new bit of hardware, so like an M an M2 Mac, um, which never got announced. Um, Apple Glass has never got announced, all that sort of stuff. So, but no, I mean, as we were saying before we started doing the podcast, I did not move from my chair for an hour and forty five minutes because there was just so much information and it was so interesting. I just thought this would have to go down as one as my one of my most important WWDCs for a while. I mean, they're normally very good because um, I think the last Apple event with that one, I just found myself. I, I I basically got up and made a cup of coffee and came back and I went, oh god, it's still going to be that one. So I wandered off again. But with this one, you just felt, my goodness, if I don't pay attention for less than five seconds, I'm going to miss something. So I think again because it was all video based and online and everything else it was just absolutely brilliant yeah and that was so interesting to hear you say that because i had the same reaction i didn't move for the whole time uh, i just sat there and and wasn't you know 
aware of how much time had gone by until I realized, mm-hmm. wow, an hour and a half has already gone by here. And so it was very, very compelling in, in that sense. Yeah, and look, we should say too that, you know, iOS 15 beta is available for private beta testing amongst the developers, and then we'll get the public beta cycle in the in next month. I'm part of the the private beta cycle for voiceover for iOS and the Mac through Apple. So I'll probably get an email today saying, hi guys, it's time to update to your beta of iOS 15 and Mac OS Monterey <coughs> with an EY. Um, and, and we'll go with that one. So no, I'm, I'm really looking forward to trying this, the beta cycle out. So I just, yeah, and I just, I don't know, every now and again, Apple does something that reminds you why you stay in the Apple universe. And, and I think yeah. today's keynote was very definite about why I am and why I keep staying in the Apple universe. You know, I, l- lately I, I hear people just really complaining about how the Mac has just fallen so far behind in terms of its voiceover development. And I just don't really agree with that. I think people have forgotten how much voiceover has advanced since the days of when I started with Tiger and Leopard and Snow Leopard mm. and all that, yeah. you know. But I, I don't know. What, what are your just off-top-of-the-head feelings about it, David? Do, do you feel like um, voiceover on the Mac has really fallen behind? No, I don't. No. And I, I sit back and go, I don't know what you're really complaining about, guys, because um, it, it does – I mean, the, the, the thing about any screen on any platform, as long as it does what you want – who cares if it doesn't make your toast and your coffee in the morning automatically? So, um, no, because, I mean, all the stuff that I do, I mean, you know, the clean feed stuff that Jonathan was talking about, it's all accessible. Um, the stuff that I do with the PodTrack Zoom P4 works perfectly well. The stuff I do with text and documents and testing stuff works perfectly well. You know, my email, my general web browsing, my online banking, um, my music, my podcasts, all the stuff I, I need to use, which is a heck of a lot of stuff, it just all works. So I don't, I'd really like to say to people, look, what exactly are you complaining about? Is because you picked up a third party application, which we all know, chance it doesn't matter what you're on, we won't work for screen reader anyway. Mm. It's almost like, aha, see, it doesn't work with this application, therefore, that is horrible. <laughs> um, so it's almost like they're actually giving their own answer to their own complaints because you can find about anything i mean i can i can literally i mean i know exactly what applications and what websites don't work with jaws properly and i can sit back and go well look you know here in australia if i bought jaws professional for twenty six hundred dollars australian um why would i then want to go and use that buy it when i know it doesn't work with this particular website it's like well no it doesn't but my goodness the support for it in microsoft office is perfect so same thing applies to voiceover on the Mac. You've got to really decide what you want to use it for. And it does some things very well. And like JAWS does, it does some things very badly. So, yeah, I just almost feel like saying, you know, I think it's time, guys, you sort of got over yourselves a bit and moved on a bit. Stop, um, yeah. stop bashing things that don't, don't need to be bashed. I think a lot of it, the problem is, is a learning situation. I, I really think that that we've done a pretty poor job of giving people all the tools that they need to really learn 
voiceover on the Mac. And if that's an area where something could be improved, I was glad to see Janet Ingber has a new book that's updated her book to include working with Big Sur. Haven't gotten around to reading it yet, but but I, I really think a lot of times, certainly for me, it's true with Windows and JAWS. A lot of the trouble I have is because I don't know JAWS well enough. And mm-hmm. I think that's true for a lot of people who are, are, are feel that the Mac isn't working for them is they probably don't know it well enough. No. And look, I, I, I refer to JAWS as trying to fly a jumbo jet under manual control because it's just such a complicated screen reader. And I, in my opinion, it does far beyond what a screen reader should be doing in the first place. So all the research kit, the OCR kit and all the other stuff. And it's like, guys, at the end of the day, it's a screen reader. And screen readers are there to read the screen and give you access to an application. It's not designed to give you 1,001 other things to do with the software. So whereas on the other hand, VoiceOver is purely that. It's a screen reader to let you access applications. And, you know, there are other then there are workarounds to make things work better. But I think you're right. I, I think us that know how to use the Mac properly and VoiceOver just say, well, I don't quite know what your problem is because I've now been using the Mac now for 16 years and me being a bit of a productivity freaky type person, there's no way that I would have stayed with an, a system for 16 years that wasn't getting my, my job done properly. Yeah, for sure. Well, Allison, I know you were at, at a, a disadvantage here because you had to work today on your brand new job and you haven't been able <laughs> to watch the keynote. But any any thoughts from you just after hearing all this and, you know, any final comments? Well, I have to say that iOS 15 has exceeded my expectations. I, I tried to keep up on the on the rumor mill, um, but I've just had a lot going on and um, I'm very excited. I, I had convinced myself that I was not going to be jumping on the Apple private beta train this year, but I'm probably going to be now. <laughs> especially with the customized notifications. Um, That is something that I have wanted for so long and I'm so excited. And, you know, just going on a little bit more about the, the Mac and the iPad and, you know, the the sort of how the two are getting more, more and more similar. I mean, for me, my only other um, sort of desktop device, if you will, from Apple would probably not be another Mac. It would be probably if I got anything, an iPad or more likely stealing TJ's iPad because he doesn't use it. (laughs) And uh, just because the one thing that I really felt I needed a Mac for was, was learning app development. And now with the with Swift Playgrounds being so mature in iOS 15, and I realize that it won't be fully mature until iOS 15 is is public. But that I use the compute the computer for so little anyway that to me it makes much more sense to have something light and portable like an iPad and my phone and my watch just kind of cruising on together and being able to do all the things that I need to do and not even have to really bring a Mac into the mix. Yeah, that's a good point. You you've always been a, a real uh, power iOS I'm a user. Portability nut. That's, You're a portability that's nut. A... There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been great, you all. Thanks for uh, taking the time to do this today, so we can get this out and people can learn a little bit about what we experienced with the keynote. And uh, we will be back 
before too long with another Tech Doctor podcast about something or other. I'm sure we have things we need to talk about. Zoom Podtrack B4, Zoom Podtrack yes. B4, Zoom, Zoom Podtrack pod- B4. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we certainly do need to talk about it, but it, I could refer you to this uh, David Woodbridge guy if you want to learn about the Podtrack P4. I believe there are about a dozen or so podcasts out there right now. Jeez, Even one very fancy one with chapters, all with all of them into one. I know. That blew my mind. I was just like, special, isn't it? It's it's, it's fantastic. All right, you all. This is Robert, one of the tech doctors. I am simply going to say so long for now. And this is Allison, another tech doctor, saying bye, everyone. And this is David, one of the final tech doctors falling off the end of the world in Australia. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) 